Today, this morning, I've got a, a significant message for God's people this morning. And I truly want you to open the eyes of your hearts, open your spirits to hear what God is going to say to us here this morning, because I think this is a crucial thing of what the people of God are missing in this time. I remi remind you, we are not in a battle, okay? We're in a war. There's a war on the go right now. Okay, we battle not against flesh and blood, but the rulers, authorities, and spiritual, the cosmic powers in the spiritual realms. That's who we fight against. And we stand firm in what we believe, what God is doing. And Father, we set the order here this morning. I pray hearts would be set free. We, we, we are bind every demonic force that we're trying to bring distraction here. We stand true, the truth of your word, and you came in grace and truth, and now we can live and have full and life in that, by the power of Jesus' mighty name. So I want to ask you a question. There's two words, tired, okay, and weary. Tired and weary. Do you think those two are the same thing? Okay, I'm seeing no. I agree with you, okay? Being tired and being weary are not the same thing, okay? And I'm, and I'm going to explain, I'm going to work this out for us now this morning, that we see clarity of what God's speaking to us. I had a, we have got a friend, actually, when, when Kathleen and I took over leadership of the church, he came and preached that morning, a guy by the name of Dave Holden from the UK. He said, he said these words, my dad's often said them for years, if you're tired, sleep. If you're weary, pray. Be in God's presence. If you're tired, sleep, and if you're weary, get before God. Okay? But you need to know which is which. Many people are weary and think they're tired, so they act lazy. Being weary will make you tired if you don't push into the right direction. Okay? And I want to take context from the Word of God this morning. And I just to, just to help us, everything, everything you do, and Johan pressed this again last week, everything you do is based upon the Word of God. Everything you need for life and godliness is in the Word. Okay, you've got so many voices telling you what you should be believing, what you should be saying in the narrative of this world that you should be following. So I actually Googled, why am I always tired? <laughs> I got 3,210,000,000 options. I haven't managed to go through all of them yet. Okay, so I got tired looking at all the options. Okay, so what Google told me, if you're tired, this is what it could be. Okay, you may be too exhausted even to manage your own daily affairs. In most cases, there's a reason for your fatigue. It might be allergic rhinitis. Rhinitis? Michelle, where are you? Don't know, you know what that is. Nose issues, right, nasal problems. I'm snoring at night, so that must be that thing, okay? <laughs> Anemia, depression, fibromyalgia, chronic, myalgia, whatever that word is, chronic, disease, chronic kidney disease. Shucks, these are serious things. Liver disease, lung disease, a bacterial viral infection, or some other health condition. <laughs> okay, now I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing this, okay? So it could be not enough sleep, nutrition, stress, medical conditions, dietary imbalance, too much caffeine. Too much caffeine. Okay, hydration, overweight, drugs and alcohol, you might be working shift work. 
Okay, those things are not wrong. But if you're going to those for the answer, and you read, oh my goodness, I might, I mean, I'm tired, I might have a liver disease. There we go. There we go. Okay. So what we do is you start perpetuating what that could be. And you actually haven't gone to the source of life yet to kind of worry what's happening in my heart and life and what are, what's playing out in me. Google will guide you, but it's not going to answer you. Okay. Online, I've, how many times have I told you kids, don't believe everything that's on the internet, right? Correct. Okay. All right. So there's... I'm not saying those are wrong, but what that all is, is physical symptoms. It's not spiritual. It's not telling you what's going on in the spiritual realm. We go from the place of the spirit first, then we acknowledge what God is playing out. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to read us two passages here this morning. One from 1 Samuel 30. Okay, let me just get there. Sorry, I've been looking at other passages here. 1 Samuel 30. And I've referred to this passage a few times over the last few weeks, but I now have the chance to preach it. And this is where David has come now. Remember, David's on the run. He's running away from Saul because Saul's trying to kill him. David's already being anointed as king, okay, but he's on the run, and he's trying to kind of, you know, find a, a balance in his life or however that works out. He didn't have Google back then, so he had to go to the Lord, obviously. Okay, so he's come to the place called Ziglag, and his wives and children and everybody's been captured. They've all been taken. Think about this. We go on the men's camp and we come back and all our wives and children have been taken. Oh. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think let's go on the camp now. Um. <laughs> yes. From the overflow of your heart, so the mouth speaks. Anyway, so David is in distress, and Errol will have to learn from this now, is that he went and strengthened himself before the Lord. But then the passage goes on, and it speaks about um, he calling the priest, and you know, asking what I should do. He calls for the ephod, and he gets before the Lord and saying, now what should I do? Okay, he's, que- he's asking the Lord first before he makes any decision. And I often say, to, if you've got a big decision and you're all stressed out, don't make big decisions when it's chaos. Find peace. And you find peace from the Prince of Peace. And then you make a decision that will then give you victory and benefit. So he asks the Lord, shall I pursue this band? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, pursue. For you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. So David set out and the 600 men who were with him. Now, this is he's on the run. He's gathered this band together of 600, which were essentially his mighty men that gathered around him. Okay? And they came to the brook Besor, where those um, who, left, um, who left behind stayed. David pursued. He and 400 men, and listen to this now, 200 stayed behind who were too exhausted to cross the brook Besor. Okay, interesting. Then this Egyptian comes and they speak to him, takes from their place. David then goes... And defeats the Malachites. Those, they sort them out. They take all the spoil. And the, it says there from verse 21, Then David came to meet the 200 men who had been too exhausted to follow David. 
and he who had been left at the brook Besor. And they went out to meet David and meet the people who were with him. And when David came near to the people, he greeted them. And listen here, then all the wicked and worthless fellows among the men who had gone with David said, well, because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered, except that every man may lead away his wife and children and depart. But David said, no, 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 you shall not do so, my brothers, with what the Lord has given us. Who are you to decide what God has given us, and you now deciding who gets and doesn't get He has preserved us and given us into the hand. The band had come against us. Who would listen to you in this matter? Basically, who are you anyway? You don't really have a voice here. Okay, and what's saying? Basically, be quiet. For as his share is who goes down into the battle, so his share be with who stays with the baggage. They shall share alike, those who stayed and had went. And he made it a statute and a rule for Israel from that day forward to this day. Okay. And when David came to Ziglad, he sent part of the spoils to his friends. So not only did those who were in their community benefit, he sent it out to everyone else in other places as well, that they also benefited. Oh, that we would have a president of a nation that thought like that. It's possible because there's trillions that got stolen. Imagine if we did good with the trillions. It's just, it's just a turn of righteousness to unrighteousness to righteous. It's just a turn of injustice to justice. That's all it is. And it's people God uses. David was God's kind of man that he used in this situation. But those two parts I want you to make note of. The 200 were too exhausted, so they stayed behind. Now I want to refer to another passage in Judges chapter 8. This is where Gideon, okay, he had 22,000 men, and that's he going to also defeat the Midianites, I think it was. And uh, he had 22,000 whittled down to 10,000 who... A whole lot of guys weren't prepared to go and fight. And the Lord said, you still got too many. And he went down to the brook. And those who, I think, lapped the water up, he chose them. And there were 300 that he had. Okay? So with God, when you're with God, it's not the number that you've got. Okay? It's the obedience of what God's telling you in what to do. So it's not going to be millions turning this nation. It'll be a few people in government and with authority and power that can turn this country around. Okay, but we will pray and back them up. Like Eddie Andrews is now the, the, the vice mayor of the city, we are backing him to bring order and, 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 and structure from a godly, righteous perspective to see our city flourish. Amen? Amen. So then it says here in, Gideon, in chapter 8 of, of, of Judges, and, the, and this is the men of Ephraim are coming up against them, and, he, and Gideon gives them a good uh, kind of like talking to Basically, again, who do you think you are? And they said, okay, we understand. And the anger against him subsided when he had said this. And then verse 4 in chapter 8 is the key. And it says, And Gideon came to the Jordan and crossed over. And he and the 300 men who were with him, exhausted, yet pursuing. They kept going. Okay? Now what is the difference between the 200 men that I had to stay behind? But these 300 men say, exhausted, yet we'll keep going. Keep pressing on. And I want to I play on this difference between the two. What is the difference, okay? One went to war, the other stayed behind. There are two very, two very different Hebrew words that are being used here. They're not the same word. And often the Hebrew is, is, a, is, a, is a simple language, but it, it, it expresses different things as we understand. The Hebrew word, and I'm not going to try and pronounce them, okay? The exhausted word, it says in the passage in Samuel about the 200 men, the defining of that word actually means to relax and be faint, so they were tired. They didn't have it in them to go to war. 
which we see how David led them, it's okay. Okay? The word used in judges means something very different. The word there means weary or thirsty. Okay? And it, and, it's, and it proves, okay, there's a difference between being tired and weary. And where have we found that? The Word of God. Not from Google telling us all the different things, what it could and can't be. God's Word has directed here to understanding truth. And now we can say, oh, I think I'm tired. Okay, or, you know what, I think I'm weary. And I want to suggest to us that I think most of nearly all of us here in this last season is that we're weary. We're weary. Now, there's a different response to what you have to do when you're weary. Okay? And the key is learning to know which one you are. So where does being weary, where would being weary come from? Okay, there's a number of things that will play into your hearts and your lives around you. If you're tired, you know, as I say, go and get sleep, eat well, and exercise. Okay, that's that's the simple formula. Okay, but weary, it links to the season that the ecclesia are in at this time. The pressing, the, the, the challenges we face, the ecclesia as a whole, all the narratives of this world. There's this weariness from the narratives, the voices being pressed into us. Weary links to your spiritual walk with God. Okay, it's, 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 it's linked to being spiritual before the Almighty God because of the circumstances that are playing it around us. Weary is a state relating, as I say, to the circumstances that chip away at you. And there's a slow depleting inside of you and your drive and your commune with God. And it's just a chipping, chipping way, constantly. It doesn't, you can't say one day I'm like, oh, happy, and the next day I'm weary. Weary is a process. It takes time. And it's just this knocking on, knocking on, knocking on, knocking on effect that happens. You see, financial pressure makes you weary. Okay? Relational strife makes you weary. Not tired. Weary. Okay, it's living with a perpetual fear being thrown at us. What has the two and a half years been? Constant fear-mongering. It chips away at you. It chips away. It makes you weary with the circumstances that are playing around us. Weary, that season you're in, brings about more questions. So you ask things like, well, what have I done to cause of this? Why is this happening to me? Why am I in this state? God, are you for me? What's playing out? I'm not seeing change. Questions arise in your heart with the state of weariness. Okay? Cycling the Argus cycle tour for 105 kilometers, okay, and you, when you finish that sitting on a saddle for that long, you're tired. Okay, that people do that every year, year after year, I become weary of them. Okay, all right, so there's, there's a difference, okay, and we, you, have, you have to acknowledge this, because people who are weary say I'm tired, and then they back off, oh, I, can't, I can't be there, I can't do that. But it's, you have to have a different approach when you understand what you're facing. And I, I, I reckon all of us here, there's a weariness in the season that we've walked as the ecclesia as a whole, what God is saying to us. Okay, so it's this depleting state that just needs to be replenished. It needs to be restored. It needs to be refueled. Okay, and it's not going to cost you anything either. Go to the petrol station and you nearly have to take a bond out to be able to fill your car. Okay? The refueling in God is for free. And it's a refilling. So let's look at some other verses that speak about this word that was used in Judges about Gideon's men that were exhausted, yet they kept pursuing. This is the same word now being used in other passages. So this, that, that word 
in the Samuel passage is only used twice in the whole of the Old Testament. And it's in that verse that I read, the two exhausted, that, meaning they were tired. The other versions that speak about this exhausted from um, judges with Gideon, it says in 2, 2 Samuel 16, verse 14. Now this is David. I actually want to read this part to you because this is what also happens with people's voices and speaking. Let me just go to the message. I want to read this from this part here. 2 Samuel 16. Okay, and there's this guy called um, Shimeon. Shimei, I think. Let me just get you. Um, 2 Samuel 16. And when they got to uh, Bahurum, a man appeared who had connections with Saul's family. Now just listen to what this guy's doing. His name was Shimei, son of Gera. As he followed along, he shouted insults and threw rocks right and left at David and his company. Okay, and this is what he shouted. Servants and his his soldiers threw rocks at them. To the accompaniment of curses, he shouted, Get lost! Get lost, you butcher, you hellhound. This is a guy shouting at David and all his people. God has paid you back for all your dirty work and the family of Saul and for stealing his kingdom. God has given the kingdom to your son, Absalom. Look at you now, ruined and good riddance, you pathetic old man. Okay, now this, this is now, context, is where David is in Jerusalem and his son is now causing a revolt against him. And he's gained up his band of brothers and he's coming back to Jerusalem. David thinks, flip, my son's going to overpower me. David, now who's king in Jerusalem, has to leave. He basically on the run again. And then he gets, it's interesting, the timing of that voice in his ear. The enemy knows exactly when to come and at you. Look at you, you old pathetic sinner, falling into the same traps over and over again. Who are you? Useless. Look what you've done. Look what you've created. All that stuff. This is what David says to him, which is quite brilliant. And this, well, one of David's men says to him, this mangy dog can't insult my master, the king, this way. Let me go over and cut his head off. <laughs> old covenant, old covenant. Besides, con- uh, continue David to Abisha, to the rest of servants. My own son, my flesh and bone is right now. He's talking about Absalom. He's trying to kill me. Aiden's left the building, so he's not, don't do that, buddy. Okay, compared to this, uh, to this Benjamite, is, uh, sorry, my own son, my flesh and bone, is right now trying to kill me. Compared to that, this Benjamite, who's small potatoes. David's like, guys, put perspective here. Don't bother him. With, don't bother with him. Let him curse. He's preaching God's word to me. And who knows? Maybe God will see the trouble I'm in today and exchange the curses. For something good. And then David and his men went down the road while Shimei followed along the ridge on the hillside along, like they're down here, and he keeps lighting stones down at them, cursing, throwing stones, and kicking up dirt, just causing trouble. By the time they reached the Jordan River, David and all the men of the company were exhausted. There they rested and were revived. That's the same word. It says they were, in the, in the, in the, in the ESV it says, uh, David and all the people who were with him arrived weary at the Jordan, and there he refreshed himself. See, that, that, that voice just eats away, eats away at you. But you've got to put perspective to the voice. Okay, keep speaking. Keep, keep, just keep going, because you're going to help me see the truth. You can yada yada with your stuff there, but I hold on to what God has told me. I'm king of Israel, and I will arise, and I will enter back into Jerusalem, 
And what happens every single time that somebody rises up in the spiritual realm or in the physical in this context here, they create their own downfall. Absalom basically ended up and he's dead. And that happened over and over. God will stand with us. Okay, that's one passage. Psalm 63, David wrote, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you in a dry and weary land. He's speaking about his own heart where there is no water. He wrote that when he was out in the wilderness in Judah. Psalm 143, 5, 6 says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the works of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts. My my soul's weary. Thirst. Feed me. Satisfy me for you like a parched land. And Proverbs 25, 25 says, Like cold water to a thirsty soul. Like cold water to a weary soul. So is good news from a far country. Okay? Those, Those are other contexts in how these words are played out, and it links to being thirsty, longing, hungry, a tiredness, a weary, replenish, restore, refuel, refill me, O God, that my soul might be satisfied. So what we have to remind ourselves, folks, is that we, we live in a world where there are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Okay? And the kingdoms of this world and these systems that we are bound to most of the time is the enemy's playground that he operates and lives and gets his power and all that kind of stuff through these systems on this earth, okay? So what happens is when we walk for the kingdom of light, the light convicts and the light steers you towards truth, faith, hope, and love, all the foundations of what we carry. But when we have the kingdom of darkness and the systems of this world, the darkness condemns you and steers you towards doubt, fear, guilt, and shame. You need to make that choice. What's going to feed your eye gate and ear gates and walking along the truth. So when the Lord is testing you, the enemy is very quick to come and tempt you. Okay? That's, they're, they're like so closely related. When the Lord was being tested in the wilderness, there was the enemy. The Spirit sent him out to be tested. Very quick. Get Garden of Gethsemane, he's there. God, the enemy is just, he's waiting, man. He's right there all the time. So the Lord, when He's convicting you of things in your life and worshiping idols and all these things in our own hearts and lives, you know because He's convicting you. What the enemy does straight on the back of that is He condemns you. Talks this yada yada in your ear. yeah. And you, know, you need to recognize which kingdom you live for. Look how the enemy always just is steady to counter exactly, counterfeiting what, the, what God is doing in your life. Is that, or always to bring a smoke screen. Always something. Okay. So how do, we, how, do we do, how do we push through this when we're weary? So you're made up, and we are, there's three parts of our worlds. Is that your physical world? Okay, there's the emotional world, state that we live in. But there's the spiritual world, which I'm speaking about, this light and dark that we live. If you want to find balance in your life, you've got to start from the place of your spirit and not living from your soul. Amen. It's living from the place of your spirit. Okay, so if you make emotional decisions and you are emotionally caught up in things all the time, you are living from your soul. The spirit will always be peaceful, will always have clarity, will always bring a harmony to circumstances and situations. Okay, so the physical side is sleep, exercise, eat well, do good nutrition, do all that. You've got control of that part of your world. Okay? The, the emotional side has to feed from the spiritual. 
Okay, I've, I've preached those messages here before. We did it in February this year. The soul and the spirit. Okay? It's so, 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 so important. So when your physical tank is down, you're tired. Go and sleep. You, know, you think about this. That for your whole life, a, whole, a third of your day, eight hours, is assigned to sleep. A third of your life is assigned to sleep if you get the, the benchmark eight hours. Okay, I remember we had my Fitbit working. I never got eight hours, ever. Because you'd be amazed how much you are awake at night. But you're resting. You, you are resting because you're fatigued. That's very different to being weary. The emotional side is how do you fill your emotional tank? It's through relationships. So a husband and wife relationship is that we, we, we stir one another. Sometimes we have emotional conversations. Okay, never, no. Never on a Sunday, ever. Never before church either. Okay? Those are emotional conversations, but they are emotional. We feed each other. When Kathleen's down, I help. When I'm down, and we feed each other. Carol, Caroline Leaf, actually the neuroscientist, Christian woman in Canada, speaks that we're all designed to give love. We've all been made that way. That's how God designed us to give, to give to people. But the world's so broken, all we want to do is take. And just give. This is a place where we just give love. We feel embraced. We feel loved. We feel warm. That's your emotional tank. Just filled up. And there's relationships that feed them, which feeds from the spiritual place first. Okay, so we read earlier, David strengthened himself in the Lord. So it's basics, guys. It's, it's, not, it's not difficult. Listen to good preachers. Listen to good words that will stir your spirit. Read the Word of God. Allow that to be the foundation that feeds your spirit and to your soul. I can't stress that enough. Have a daily reading plan. I can't, I, can't, I can't tell you how many sermons come out of just because I'm reading through the Bible in a year. And I'm going to speak something. Else. Okay, I'm going to bank that, and it's a sermon for four weeks' time. Over, I don't read the Bible to get something out of it. I read the Bible so it feeds me. And then when I need to draw upon that, I've got the resource inside of me to draw upon the strength of what's inside of me. Just read the Word. Let it fill you. The number of times we go through circumstances and situations and you read something, you're like, man, that just confirms everything, what I'm walking through. That feeds you. That sustains you. It's communion with God, just talking with your Father. Just walk and talk. Love Him. That relationship's open, clear. But when you operate in guilt and fear and shame, you put a barrier. You can't, you can't, you can't work through those things. You have to repent and, and, and confess where you've fallen and just commune with the Father. Jesus has made way for you to be before the Father by the Spirit and just talk, talk and walk with Him. And it's, we've, this word is of intimacy. We've heard that so much intimacy with the Lord. It can sound so intimidating where you think, well, someone's like in their prayer room closet praying for like hours and hours on end. I don't, I don't sit in my room for hours and hours on end my man kept praying. I spend time in there but as I go, I walk and talk with God. He talks to me through all sorts of things. But I'm, and you know that He's always talking to you. It's whether you're willing to listen. And you're open to like, I, I've had God talk to me through airplanes, through cars, through all sorts of stuff. Because He's always talking. I want to be so in touch with His voice, I always just say, well, which way am I going to drive? And I see a red, a red line or a green line. I go the green line. Over Boys Drive or Main Road every morning. What are we going to go? Main Road or Boys Drive? I, I, 
that simple thing, I'm wanting to be in touch with his voice all the time. And if I go the red route, he's not going to be like, oh, I told you to go the green route. Just checking, are you in touch with my voice? Are you hearing me? As I'm just guiding you and leading you. It's so simple, folks. Again, as it comes to this eye gate and the ear gate. When you bombard yourself with the wrong stuff, his voice is blurred. It gets mixed up in all this other stuff. Was, was that God? And then you become desperate. You're kind of saying, God, oh, oh, God, God. You know that God's never, ever spoken to me in my man cave when I'm performing. I'm crying, oh, God, speak. And I'm like, well, I don't know. It's 45 minutes, an hour's gone, and I leave, and I walk, and I go, and in the next five minutes, he talks to me as I'm like relaxed and just chilled. Over and over again. Okay, it's not that I don't sit and be before him and read and be quiet, but it's just basics, folks, Okay. So we understand, you see, the spiritual realm, light and darkness, light guiding, darkness confusing. And we, we see in the Bible as well, when God speaks to you, he has the two, there's the two things that happen that can cause weariness, okay? There's, I'll explain all those other things, financially, relationally, the fear-mongering, it just chips away, chips away at you, chips away at you. But in your spiritual walk with God, there's going to be two things, okay? If God has spoken to you, and He's saying, go to Blue Root Mall, and go and speak to that lady, and you go, no. No. What's that? No. no it doesn't. God speaks to all of us, and He asks you to do certain things. Just do that. Go and speak to that person. Go and say hello to that one. It's obedience to His voice. So there's two examples I can put you. When Elijah ran okay, from Jezebel, and he's hiding under the tree. He was being disobedient to what God had spoken to him about. And he was in fear of this woman that was going to take him out. Okay? And he landed a tree saying, take me now, I'm done. Jonah was the other one. He didn't, God said, go to Nineveh. He's like, no, I'm not going to Nineveh. And he went and landed a tree saying, well, take me, I want to die. If, if your weariness will be perpetuated by your disobedience to what God's talking to you. It's spiritual. And he's testing you. Okay, listen to my voice. It's the simple, simplistic things. Because if, if he can test you with a little and you pass and you gain ground, he then can test you with greater things and he will trust you with greater things. But if you don't pass the little things, do you really think he's going to give you more? No, and that takes years and years. Everyone over 70, you all know that story, right? Okay, in your busy years, 30, 40, running around, changing, saving the world, whatever that meant. Okay, but you look back upon... Yeah, just steady. Listen to his voice. He will even guide you. Okay? And the second part, okay, that's the Lord. It, it, you, you, your, your weariness will come from being disobedient. But the second thing is the enemy's on you. It's that voice. Yada, yada. Wada, wada in your ear there. Okay, the enemy causes strife. He causes chaos. All he's lying, all the distracting, all the deceiving, and it wears you down. It wears you down. These constant voices. Because what I've said here a million times, what does he want you to do? He wants you to fall into doubt. Well, may, I mean, maybe, maybe it isn't going to happen for us, like God said. I don't know, his, his promises, I don't know. I mean, really, are his, are his promises true? And you doubt. And he's just like, ah, got a hook, I've got a hook. I've got a hook. Okay, now I'm going to just add a little bit more chaos into their lives. Kid gets sick. Ha! Lacquer. Well, look what this is happening. I was chatting to George earlier. It's our saying that we're living in a world where it's like one thing happens and then another thing, and you're like, God, seriously, what's happening? There's an enemy. Loves to cause chaos. Read the book of Job and see all that the enemy had power over. The weather, circumstances, his family, he created chaos in his life. All he wanted to do was Job to say, 
I don't believe in God and I renounce who God is in my life. And he, he could never get him to do that. There's the test. Okay? Sometimes we create our own chaos through bad decision making and then blame the devil. Preach, Sheldon, preach. Yeah. Okay? But you've got to recognize he's there to wear you down. That's why we need a community of people around us. Okay? So what are we learning here? Okay? One thing I just want to say here quickly. I'm not going to go delve deeply into this. So what happens in this scenario? The weariness. Oh, constantly. If I'm honest with you, last year, I was asking myself these questions. Am, am I having a breakdown? Like, this is uh, the ridiculous. I don't feel... I'm struggling to feel motivated. What's going on? Okay? Now, very quickly, what happens, and I realize what's playing out here, it's the weariness of the circumstances, the enemy lying, all the pressures we're under, all that we're carrying, all we're believing for, all the things that God is saying. I go and see a doctor, and the doctor says, yeah, you're depressed. And he puts me on medication. Now, again, I'm not poo-pooing that. Okay, listen to me. I haven't gone to the doctor and he hasn't told me I'm depressed. Okay? Because I'm not depressed. That word has gained too much power over us. Okay? You might be in weariness. I look at Kathleen and when she had a breakdown in 2020, she went away on a retreat for 10 days and came back. I've seen my wife come alive into things of God. Yes, we have challenges. Yes, we walk through difficulties. But man, she made a choice and said, I'm not going to be defined by this diagnosis of what's happened in my life. And I've seen her more strong than I ever have in the whole 23, four years that I've known Kathleen. Do not take the doctor's report as the truth. Yes, he's diagnosed you with something that he helped. A friend of mine said to me, I will take that medication to help me come to a point where I can find strength and then I will wean myself off because I find strength in God. Okay? It's okay, folks. It's okay. But if you're bound and stuck in that cycle... You're not going to the Lord to find strength. You're going to Google and to medication, the kind of stuff, to ease the pain. And there's a very sensitive subject, this, this depression stuff, anxiety, and all the things that play out with this, burnouts, breakdowns, because it's becoming a narrative in the world today. And the church doesn't follow that narrative. Yes, we will be wise and have wisdom in how we process stuff there, but we first go to God. Please hear me when it comes to this. Okay? And I'm not condemning any of you if you're in those positions. Keep pressing forward. Now, this is an example of what we keep doing. So we're learning here that when the state of weariness is playing out around our hearts and lives, okay, and it's things are pushing me down, okay, either knowing it's God's voice that is like we're disobedient to, or it's realizing that we're in a war here, the key thing is what those guys did in, in Judges 8. They crossed over the Jordan, and they kept going. They kept pursuing. They keep going. Keep going, folks. Just keep putting one step in front of the other. Because as you keep going forward, when you look back, you will realize, man, I've made ground. But if you stop, okay, you're a target. Just keep doing the, little, the, the basics, the little steps right. Just keep walking. Continue the pursuit. Do the basics. Let the word wash over you. Put worship music on. Let it encourage your soul and your spirit in the God. Talk to the Father. Don't back off from community. Don't back off from being here. I, I know so many people, they go through circumstances and they're just, 
Step back. Step back. And just, I, I can't, you actually, we need each other in those circumstances. Because it feeds you. Just being here this morning has fed you. It's put life into your spirit, which stirs your soul. And you walk out like, like John was saying last week with faith. And then you go and click on News 24, and it wanes because you've got to build strength inside of you. And then you can hear these voices like that David's, that guy, Shimmy, shouting at him, ah, let him, let him do what he wants to do. We will not be bound. We will continue with what God is saying. Okay? So if you're tired, it's fine. Stay at the camp and rest. It's okay. But if you're weary, don't stay back. Keep walking forward. There's a key difference here. Okay, so you'll notice that it was the wicked and the worthless amongst those men with David that raised their voices to these guys that were trying to put condemnation on them. And a righteous leader came forth and said, no. We have to believe, you see, as we are rising in righteousness, there's no condemnation on our circumstance. If you're tired, I get it. We will all partake in the spoils. But if you're weary... You lock your shield together and you say, I'm not stopping. I will keep going despite what's pressing in on around me. I will keep pursuing what God has led me to go and do. Okay? Because here, let's remind ourselves. 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive. Your thinking is the place of your soul. You've got to redeem it by living from the place of your spirit and taking those thoughts captive and not going down rabbit trails of depression, rabbit trails of of despair and all that's woe is my life. Get before God. Okay? Take every thought captive and obey uh, to obey Christ being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Philippians 4. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, and if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. that'll, That'll change your weariness. When you focus on these things that will feed you, what you've learned and received and heard, seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. See how the word, just if you read that on a Monday morning when you're not feeling motivated, that's got to stir your spirit. But even if you just read it, just, just read it, just read it, just do the right thing. But don't go, oh, Philip, I can't read the Bible, rush off to work, and you get there and you're miserable, and then someone does something in the office and you're already hacked off by half past eight, and you're done with the day and the week's just begun for you. And you feel like giving up. Just, just go in a corner, go into the bathroom and just pause and just say, God, help me. Help me. I, I draw on your strength. It's so, it's, he's so with you. Don't fight this battle on your own all the time. Jude 20, Jude 20, 23 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garments stained by flesh. Drawing out. So, if, so what I'm saying here today, if you're tired, sleep. Go and have a good afternoon nap. The Stappen will win the Grand Prix without you watching it, I promise. Don't worry. 
Okay? You can't sleep while I'm preaching though, Robin. Come on, eh? Okay? And if you're weary, don't give up the pursuit. Make the right choice. Okay? Because I, I know this. I know, and most people, when it's come to these prayer watches, the first response is the thinking of, prayer watch. Oh, man. Okay? When we finished the prayer watch, we were all encouraged. Why? Because I wasn't tired. I was weary. And I made the right choice. It always blesses me. I, I have questioned myself so much in the last two years, the, the reality of even being motivated to prepare sermons for a Sunday. I love it. I love what I do. I get it. I mean, I'm from a 50-year-old I knew, but I'm weary. So I press in. I just keep going. I, can't, I also can't arrive and say, sorry, I don't have a word this morning. Okay? Do you want to do it, Ryan? You're up for it, eh, buddy? Cool. Well, there are others, Tony. You're putting up your hand, Matt. No, that yawn was also a silent scream, eh? Okay. Yeah. I've got to push through. But then God always comes. Okay? It's this, there's, there's, been a, there's been a different motivation to have to choose the spiritual things because of weariness, not tired. I'm tired. My legs are sore because I played a hockey match yesterday. And we drilled those oaks. We slaughtered them out, Keith. Yeah. Yeah. But that's different. We've got to know the difference, folks. And I think many of us have been weary and we said, oh, I'm so tired, I'm just going to stay home and watch Netflix. And then you lose out in the battle because you've chosen to relax. You're not tired, you're weary. And I speak life over your hearts here this morning. Okay, that we will not ever give up on this pursuit because the promises of God are eternal. Do you know that I'll share one day, we'll share this story. I have had a, a promise, okay, of a 25-year-old promise God confirmed in my life. In, it was during 2020. We still need to share the testimony of that. When the guy said to me, I was like, but that's what God said 25 years ago. He doesn't change. He just bangs it and says, at the right time, we'll do it for you. 25 years, folks. He's not in a hurry. He's just saying, just wait. Trust me. I got this. Don't give up. Keep pressing forward. So I felt some things for people here this morning and before, and I want to, we want to pray over us. And those that are all weary, we want to pray together. And we must speak life over your hearts here this morning. But I felt there's someone here, and I want to read the stuff. Like I saw you feeling tied down and restricted, okay? And I, I feel a sense to your workplace where you're at. And the picture that I saw was a sandwich, okay? And you are the cheese in the middle of the sandwich, Okay, but now you're looking at the two pieces of bread on either side of you and saying, well, I'm not like the bread. I don't fit in here. But the whole point is that you actually have to be different. And what God is saying to you, okay, is that you're saying to yourself, I don't fit in here because I'm not the bread. And God is saying to you, you're here for a purpose. You bring flavor here to the bread. Okay, you're not just a hindrance. You're an enhancement. Change your perspective and repent from giving up. Okay, so God can speak to you afresh and confirm your call and mandate where you find yourself. Okay? So I want to, and I, I'm, I thought it was specifically for somebody here. But if that, if that word is for you this morning, okay, just respond. Show me, let's, I want to pray over you. Okay, it is in your, it's in your work environment, right? Okay, I want you guys to stand. I want to pray over you. Okay? Malcolm, Debbie, guys stand. We're going to pray over you guys. Stand, bro. Okay, and I want to reach out a hand. And we want to, in agreement here together, see, we, our faith is partnering with your faith. 
You see, where you felt tied down, restricted, I don't fit in here. Okay, what I want you to do before we pray in your own heart, I want you to confess before God, saying, sorry that I've, I've looked at this through my lens and perspective. I want to have your lens, and I want to speak over every one of you. You are bringing the flavor. You are bringing the, the, the life to that sandwich. If it was just a piece of bread, another piece of bread, it's boring. God has positioned you there for a purpose. Come, just lift your hands and receive from Him, and I want to pray over you this morning. Let's reach out a hand. Just lay hands on those guys around you there. Father, we want to thank you for everyone that's standing here now this morning. We speak destiny over your hearts. We speak purpose over your hearts. You don't live every single day just hoping for the best, feeling irrelevant, feeling like I don't fit in here. In your own heart now, I want you just to confess before the Lord. Say, Lord, sorry. Sorry that I've given up hope in the position that you've placed me. And this lie that has told me that I, I don't fit in here, I'm a hindrance to this place. We break the power of that lie of your heart right now in the name of Jesus. Every curse, everything that's spoken over your heart, we release that off you right now in the name of Jesus. And now I speak the truth over your heart. You are an enhancement to that place where you go every single day. Okay? God is going to speak to you afresh. As you go home, you wake up tomorrow morning, be alert to the Spirit to give you keys, to give you insights, to give you fresh faith, to walk into that environment with hope and with life. Because you are the change. You bring the light. Now we stand in faith with these hearts here this morning, Lord, in agreement that we will carry your light. We will walk in faith. And we will not give up. We will keep pursuing. And I say to you, hearts that are weary, find strength in the Lord. Find strength in the Lord. He's your rear guard. He's your vanguard. He's got every part. He's with you in every single way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just receive his life. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah. I just felt some other words for some people. That doesn't happen to me very often, this, but Yolandi, as I was just sitting preparing in the week, and, and just honestly, I just sat there, and God started bringing people to my mind. And for you, I felt God saying that you've been holding this fleece out to him and saying, come on, God, just show me the sign. Show me the sign of what you've said that you, you're going to do it. Okay? And I felt God say to me, me saying this to you now is your confirmation. That what you've held out there and what you're trusting, believing for, this is the confirmation that God has heard you. Okay? And God is with you. And I felt God say that you've been pretty direct with him the way you've been talking to God. And, and he's seen your faith. That he's saying to you, now my daughter, trust me. And I feel to pray of you. Just stand. I want to pray off of you the spirit of delay as God is going to show himself strong over your heart. I don't know if this resonates with you, okay? But the spirit of delay, we are going to take authority over that. Okay, and me speaking to you is God saying, I've heard you. And you're being so direct. He loves your directness. You don't beat around, you're not a beat around the bush person. But he's seen your faith, your trust. So, Father, I pray over you, Landy. I pray, Father, 
that as she trusts you, she's held out this fleece like Gideon did, held out this fleece to say, God, you show me. Thank you, Lord, that you've heard the prayer of your daughter. And I pray over her heart right now, Lord, that we, we bind that spirit of delay in the name of Jesus and we release every angelic blessing and every force that will come for you to be poured out by the spirit of your heart and your life and your family now in the name of Jesus. The Lord has heard your cry. He's seen your faithfulness. And he's saying, daughter, I have seen, I have seen. Trust in me. Trust in me because I am for you. And we take authority over that delay. And you, you in, 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 in authority uh, stand together in agreement and you take authority of that together in your household. And you set order because God is for you in every single way. Amen. 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 Is Gregor, Gregor here? I, I chatted to him last week. Hey, Rod, Gregor? No, he's not here this morning. Okay, I'll message him separately with that kind of stuff. I want to just speak over Christopher and Michelle. Okay, this, this couple have been with us for since I think last year, December, you said, eh? Okay. And I, I want to say this over you. It's okay for you guys to write your names on the stones. Okay. Okay, you've done that. Okay, because this, this family are believing to immigrate to New Zealand. It's not a bad thing. You're not running away. God has been directing you. I had a great time meeting with them the other day. They were praying in faith. But I want to say to you guys, it's okay to put your names on the stones. Not like, you, oh, you're putting them, then we're just going to leave. No, it doesn't work like that. What I wanted to say over you guys was that we are partnering as a community with your faith and favor over your lives as you plan to go to New Zealand. So I want to just stand there. I want to pray over you as we together. Because on the 1st of August, the doors open in, in New Zealand for be able to be able to put applications together for visas and that kind of stuff. So Father, we thank you that you've spoken to this family. We thank you, Lord, that you've got a plan for them. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are leading this process. They are prayerfully walking into this. So now as a community, we partner with them. We don't say, oh, well, you're right in names of stones, you're running away. No, we're releasing them to continue with what God has got in store for them and their family and all that you've spoken to about, which they've waited for and they've trusted you for. So, Father, we just pray that as, as doors open next week, we pray, Father, that they would have favor. I pray Chris would find work. There would be a favor in finding employment, that they can walk together as a family knowing that you are for them in every single way. So we bless you and we honor you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And then Robin, you came to mind. And uh, I felt God say to me that you are a glass half full kind of guy. You're always looking at like, it's going to be fine. Things are going to be cool. Don't worry, glass half full kind of person. That's, I've known you for a long time. But that's, that's, that's what's come across as that you've spoken. And there's always abundance. There's always surplus. There's always more than enough. And I feel this is relating to your gifting and your call that God has placed upon your heart and your life. But what I felt God showing me here is that because of circumstances, because of things that have played out, it's forcing you to try and be a glass half empty kind of person. And those things have, have tried to make you and are trying to force you to realize in your own self, well, maybe I'm more this than that. Okay? And they've been trying to change you. But today, and as you stand there, I want to speak a reversal over your heart. That voices, people, have things have said stuff. I don't know how this has played out, but you are a glass half full man who always sees the positive, always sees the good, but circumstances around you have tried to force that. And I speak a reversal over your heart today, okay? And the glass half empty lies that are not you and, and the effort to try and make that, um, and you know, the glass half empty is effort to try and ensure that everything kind of works out. 
But God is saying over you, you're a glass half full because it speaks confidence, it speaks assurance, and that, and that you are heard and that your cup always runs over. So Father, I speak over Robin now that everything that's trying to force you, circumstances, everything is trying to make you, maybe I'm not like that. You are who God called you to be. And I speak over your heart. Every reversal that man has said over you that you can't be like that, you need to be like this. And I, I call out of you the destiny that God's spoken, the gifting and the calling, that you will arise in confidence of what God has said. And every lie and every voice that is like that David, na 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 in his ear, we break those lies, we break those voices off of you because God has actually strengthened you through the whole process. And now that glass half full man, I pray, Lord, that you would continue. His cup will run off over and there'll be an overflow of abundance and, and, and pleasures flowing over his heart. And we, ask, and we honor you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Run free, my brother. Run free. Run free. Amen. 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 Now, this is, this is a big one. And, I, and, and if, I, if I asked in this room, who has been weary in the last two years? Just raise your hands. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's, it's us. Okay. And we can pray with you this morning. We can stand with you. But you have to make the next step. You have to make a choice. And it's going to come how you wake up tomorrow morning. You have to make a choice that moment you wake up. I remember reading a book ages ago about, you know, the spiritual, and she explained like atmospheres. You don't get that word atmospheres in the Bible. But it's the spiritual realm. A very good indicator to see where you're at is your very first thing that comes to you as you wake up in the morning. Start getting in touch with that. So as you wake up and you feel defeated, realize there's a demonic spirit that's playing against you. If you wake up feeling that you've got no life, you don't want to, what a lust to wake up, to go to work and do everything. There's a spiritual force that's trying to pull you down. And as you wake up, you need to take authority of it and say, no, today I choose that me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord because I'm not just a nobody here. I'm a child of God and I'm a son and a daughter of the most I got. And you start speaking truth over yourself. You've got to acknowledge that in the first half 30 seconds. That's where it starts. Because if you fall into the trap and you wander off to the bathroom there or go and get a cup of coffee and you're like just, you're not tired, you're weary. But you're not choosing the things of God and you're hoping this coffee is going to be a rechmarke here for this Monday. <laughs> and it might do a little bit. But it doesn't change. And you, by the 10th cup, you realize it's still not changed. Make a choice. Make a choice, folks. Hear me, hear me. Make a choice. We're going we're gonna to just summarize a little bit this last month of what we've been speaking about next week. I want you to arrive here next week with an understanding of like what we've done for this last month. Think about it. We haven't just written on stones as a bit like it's a funny, like it's so funny, <laughs> writing on stones. No, no, we're making a mark here in the spirit. At this moment in time is a testimony for what God has did through his people, through all that we've walked through. We're still standing. We're still holding on to the promises, the truths of God. We will not be bound by fear. We will arise in faith. We will see what we look at, what we hear during the week, and we'll recognize, oh, that's the demonic. Oh, that's the enemy. Look at him. Oh, wada, wada, do what you need to do. I'm setting my eyes focused on the king because he's my hope of the world. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Come, let's stand together, and we're going to pray over you guys that you, you stand. And tomorrow morning, you make that right choice as you wake up to serve the Lord.
Come, let's just lift our hands to Him. Lift it to Him. Lord, we just surrender our lives to You. Lord, we are nothing without You. We have nothing without You. But You are for us. Thank you that You've spoken to us here this morning. And Lord, may this Word resonate in our hearts that folks, in your weariness, press into the things of God. Do not become lazy in the spiritual battle that we're in the war that we are fighting right now. I speak courage to every single heart here. I speak a, a tenacity, a fight inside of you that'll say, not today, Satan. I will not bow to you. I will not bow to these lies. I stand as a child of the living God, holding on to every truth that you've spoken. Thank you that your promises in me are yes and amen. Your promises will never, ever fail. Your love for me will never fail. You promised you'll never leave us nor forsake us. We are the children of God. And I speak life over your hearts. And every demonic force that is coming against you by the power of Jesus, we break that in the name of Jesus and we set you free. And you, my people, make a choice, the Lord says. Make a choice. That's what Joshua said. Well, you can decide. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. 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 Come on, praise Him. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. The people shout. The people praise. The people worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Because the train of his robe fills the temple. It means he's won every battle. He's not lost one battle. And we can stand firm on the truth of who he is. Amen. Now go out strong. And don't come back here next Sunday groveling, looking for a fill up again. Fill yourselves up on the word this week. Talk to the Father. He's with you. Amen and amen and amen. Amen.